the money, it's, it's the money, it's, it's the money, yeah. How should a state respond when it has more money than it knows what to do with? That's the question Nebraska faces as it receives a major influx of federal money while running a revenue surplus at the same time. You're listening to The Full Platter, the official podcast of the Platt Institute. I'm Jim Vocal, joined by Sarah Curry. Today, we're discussing five smart ways for Nebraska to use federal relief money. I think we probably all have some individual experience using our money in ways that can be good investments that help us down the road, and then maybe also spending money to dig a hole for ourselves. Governments can do the same thing on a much bigger scale. So Sarah, let's discuss Nebraska's options. It's been about a year since Congress first passed the CARES Act, which was the original COVID-19 emergency relief plan. Not long after, lawmakers began discussing a second major round of relief for states and local governments. But it took Congress almost a year to pass the American Rescue Plan Act, or ARPA. So it seems Congress almost missed the end of the pandemic before figuring this one out. Financially speaking, how has the landscape changed for states and localities from what we all anticipated at the outset of the pandemic and the CARES Act, and how does that impact the choices Nebraska can make with ARPA funds? Sarah, take it from here. Yeah. When this pandemic first started, we all thought the states were going to have, you know, be in dire situations, you know, no revenue, massive unemployment, businesses were going to be shut down for months on end. And that's not exactly what happened. Uh, luckily, a lot of people can work from home and sales tax revenues came in relatively strong. And most states across the country, including Nebraska, have a revenue surplus right now. So they don't need the bailout or the relief that Congress gave them. So we're actually in a really good situation. The problem is, is that when you're in a good situation and then the government sends you money, you want to make sure you spend that money in a way that's fiscally responsible so you don't tie the hands of your taxpayers in future years with a bad spending decision or something that creates ongoing needs from the budget that you weren't expecting So with that in mind, Sarah, we're providing the state with recommendations for how it can make the most of its ARPA funds for the long term. Besides it being taxpayer money, why does it matter how ARPA money gets spent? So when the federal government sends a state money, it's very easy to say, oh, let's expand this program or let's create this program. The problem is when the federal money dries up, that program still exists. And so that puts pressure on the existing state budget. And so when you receive such a large amount of money, like what's happened with the ARPA relief package, it's very, very easy for the state to say, oh, let's create XYZ program. And then five years from now, the legislature is saying we have to fund XYZ program and we didn't allocate money for that and we don't know what we're going to do. And some states will say, let's raise taxes because we have to pay for this program. So that's why it's very important that we spend this money on one-time items and investments and nothing that's going to have an ongoing or continued uh, support necessary from state taxpayers. All right, let's now talk about the five recommendations we're making here on today's episode. This is not an exhaustive list, of course, but it gives an overall picture of how one-time money ought to be used. Sarah, of all the ways Nebraska can use its ARPA funding, you have identified boosting 
Nebraska's state cash reserve fund high on the list. What does that accomplish and why is it a smart move for the state? Well, initially it's a smart move because the federal government is requiring us to set this money aside and account for it in separate funds. And so you want that money to be in a place where it's very easy to see how it's being used or where it's being put. And so by putting it in the cash reserve fund, it's very easy from an accounting stance to see where it is. Second of all, President Biden has already said we have to raise taxes in the future to pay for all of this spending. Well, when you raise taxes, that's also going to raise taxes on Nebraska businesses and citizens. And so we want to make sure that we have enough money in our cash reserve fund to not raise taxes in Nebraska. And if there's a down economy in the future or something happens, we have a dirty cash reserve to get us through. A lot of fiscal experts have said that we need 16% of general fund revenue in the cash reserve fund. That's around 800 million. And Nebraska doesn't have that right now. So this is a perfect opportunity for us to take some of that money and put it into the cash reserve fund. And that way it allows the state to operate its fiscal house as it sees fit. And it can also prepare for future needs, such as a natural disaster. Or if the federal government says, we're going to pull back on some of the other grants that we give you and the state will have to pick up that tab. So it just makes sense to have a good savings account. You mentioned that 16% goal. What is uh, Nebraska's current cash reserve, Sarah? Well, when I pulled the last appropriations preliminary budget, it looked like it was only around $450 million. So it's around that 8% mark. Um, I don't have it calculated out exactly, but we, we need to put a significant amount of money back into the cash reserve fund. And I know that the lawmakers have actually appropriated money in this year's budget to go into the cash reserve fund. So they understand that that's a high need. I'm just saying, why not get us all up, you know, take us all the way up to that 16% and just top it off. All right. Next on the list is making investments in infrastructure for broadband or transportation. People might remember the bridge to nowhere. So why infrastructure, Sarah? Why not any other kind of make work project? And does it matter how it's spent? Well, infrastructure, especially transportation, is very, very important. Um, you know, we talk about commerce and being able to transport goods to some of our rural cities. And so some of these roads are only two lane and they could be expanded to four lane. And then other roads might be gravel in some areas and they might want to make them a solid surface road just to help with, you know, economic growth and transportation and that type of thing. So I think that's a good use of money for this. Another great use of this is broadband. You know, we've talked about from the school perspective, we have a lot of children that are still doing remote learning and expanding broadband access for our citizens is really a good way to use this money because once you put broadband in, you have to maintain it, but we're doing it anyway, right? We're, we're expanding roads and we're paving roads and fixing potholes and that type of thing. So this is the type of investment that's going to help Nebraska long-term, but also free up some of the cash that they would have spent on it and maybe get it done faster. So for example, if broadband was only going to go to 5,000 residents, maybe now it can go to 10,000 residents. And so we can get that done a lot faster. And that's why I think that spending on infrastructure such as broadband and transportation is so important to use this money to really help us into the future. And of course, we're talking about hundreds of millions to billions of dollars being spent at the state and local level here in Nebraska, which obviously requires careful oversight. 
If the money is not spent properly, the federal government can force the funds to be paid back, complicating finances here in Nebraska. Sarah, tell us why we're recommending making an investment in Nebraska's financial infrastructure by strengthening the state auditor's oversight on the use of federal relief funds. Well, Jim, this is not the first time we have advocated for investing in accounting or um, the state auditor's office. Nebraska is a unique state because we don't require the same accounting accounting systems is the private system like gap accounting or generally accepted accounting principles. So the federal government's already said if this money is not spent properly, we're going to ask to have it sent back to us. So it's very, very important that the accounting and the tracking of this money is done properly. Now, all 529 municipalities and all 93 counties in Nebraska received money in the ARPA package. To my knowledge and other experts in local government finance, this has never been done before. And so we're having a lot of levels of government receiving federal funds that have never received federal funds before. And so the way federal money works is that the local governments are required to have a special audit of the federal money. And they're supposed to use some of that federal money they receive for the audits. But we don't have a lot of auditors out in western Nebraska. Or if these governments have never done an audit before, because Nebraska does have a provision that allows an audit exemption for our extremely small local governments, the state auditor is probably going to have to step in and help them out. And we don't have a huge auditor's office. Um, They've often gone to the appropriations committee and said, we need money for another auditor or to update our computer system. And so what we're saying is, this is a very, very important time to make sure that our accounting is done properly. And why not take some of this money and make an investment, say, into the auditor's office to update their computer systems and let's help these local governments and make sure that Nebraska is not a bad example of how we use this money and that we account for it properly. And I don't think you can go wrong making sure that your accounting is done right. It might not be a fun use of the money and a lot of people might not see the value in it, but it has an extreme value, especially when the federal government at any time can say, we don't like the way the money was spent. Send it back to us. Now, the state government is prohibited from using ARPA money to cut taxes. On our last episode, we discussed some of the confusion and controversy about whether the state can make tax changes with its own money. It seems like it should be able to, but everyone is waiting to see that in writing from Janet Yellen. However, no similar prohibition is placed on local governments under ARPA. Sarah, tell us why it makes sense for local governments to use these funds to pay down debt, and offer local tax relief when they can. Well, right. The local governments only have the prohibition against putting money into a pension fund. And that provision was put in there because they didn't want the city of Chicago putting all of the federal money into their failing um, pension fund. So Nebraska has an opportunity here to pay down debt. And you might think, oh, Nebraska's always ranked in the top of not having a lot of debt, but that ranking is of state government, not local government. Nebraska counties currently have around $398 million in outstanding debt, while our municipalities, which include cities, villages, townships, they have nearly $3 billion in outstanding debt. So combined, that's almost the state's general fund in debt that these local governments have outstanding. So if we can use some of this money to pay down debt, it will reduce the interest payments that we have to pay. It will pay the bonds off faster 
and this will ultimately resu- result in a property tax reduction. So I don't see a, d- a bad side to that, especially when um, the Bureau of Economic Analysis and the Bureau of Labor Statistics have already come out and said they expect interest rates to climb into the future. And so paying off that debt will put them in a very good situation to help keep property taxes low. Another thing is small businesses pay occupation taxes to their local governments. And so a lot of these small businesses have experienced economic hardship due to public health measures that were instituted. So a way to help these businesses would possibly be to return a portion or even all of their occupation tax for the year. You know, another thing that they could do, the state of Idaho did this with the first round of CARES Act money. Local governments could give a credit or pay back some of the property taxes that they took. You know, having the eighth highest property taxes in the nation, I don't think it's hard to say when people have lost their jobs or have had to deal with some of the economic hardship the pandemic has put on us, getting a little relief from our property taxes would go a long way. And then another thing is we have tangible personal property taxes in Nebraska. And so Nebraska used to offer a $10,000 exemption to businesses and farmers that had to pay this tax, but that was removed when they passed the um, 1107 property tax relief bill last year. So again, another nice property tax relief provision that local governments could use with this ARPA money is to, again, give a credit or pay back some of that tangible personal property tax. And that would directly help our agricultural producers and our businesses across Nebraska. So there's a lot of options there. And I really do think that we need to look at local tax relief or paying down debt if local governments find themselves with extra money laying around and they don't know what to do with it. All right. And finally, the federal government has offered a number of loan programs for businesses that struggled in the pandemic and recession. Here in Nebraska, we also had grant programs for businesses through the Department of Economic Development. Should Nebraska use the same approach, Sarah, with ARPA, or is something different called for at this phase of the emergency? Well, right. We have the PPP loans and Nebraska enacted legislation making sure that those loans were not taxed. And, you know, a lot of businesses are doing quite well. Businesses where their structure is where people can work from home, they haven't seen a big drop in productivity or revenues for that point. But we have seen some businesses, particularly in the leisure and hospitality industry, that have been disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. And so that includes hotels, restaurants, bars, theaters, or other venues that rely on public gatherings. And so if the state wants to take the approach of using specific grants to businesses, they should be focused at this leisure and hospitality industry, not just given across the board. Um, Obviously, manufacturing and other areas have not been hit as hard as originally thought, but we have seen a lot of restaurants close down and never open back. Um, The same thing with theaters or wedding venues and that type of thing. So I think if we are going to do grants to specific businesses, they need to be extremely targeted. That's all the time we have for today. But you can find more commentary from Sarah and the Platt Institute team on the full Platter blog at platinstitute.org. If you like what we're doing, you can also make a donation to help fund our research and advocacy. Or you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter where I keep you posted about today's most important issues facing Nebraskans. I hope you'll join us again next time. Have a great week. It's the